Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Mark chapter 1 this morning. Mark chapter 1, that's where we'll be. Uh, we're going to be in that same passage we were in last week, actually. Mark chapter 1, and if you have not been with us the last few weeks, we started a a series entitled uh, The Way of the Heart, The Way of the Heart, and my desire for us in in this series is is not only for us to start off the fall right, but I also want us to start off the fall where we could get to the space where we meet God Uh, in the quiet places of our heart, if you want to say, or allowing God to take up residency in our hearts. And so in week one, we looked at the heart and idols, and we talked about how our hearts are idol-making factories, and God gives us good things, but a lot of times we take those good things and we make them the ultimate thing, therefore now making that thing an idol because it's replacing God uh, in our affections. Last week, we talked about solitude, this need to be alone with God in our hearts, this place where we come face to face with our false selves, our our distractions and our compulsive desires in the midst of a holy God. And this is the place where we see that none of this stuff adds up or gives us the satisfaction that we need. That's only found from a holy God. Uh, This week, we're going to talk about silence, which I believe makes the place of solitude all the more rich. Simply put, silence is solitude put into action. Silence is solitude practiced in action. Flip with me to Mark chapter 1. That's where we'll be. And um, we're going to have a moment of silence for all those people I beat on the volleyball court this week. Um, no, I'm just playing. We had a good time playing volleyball, and, and some of y'all... Y'all, y'all made me come out there. I almost broke my ankle a few times, but Northside, I think Northside won because IIT cheated, and they had a whole, whole volleyball club team there, but it was, it was cool. We had a good time. Um, it wasn't fair, but Northside, way to go. I'm from the Southside, but I played on the Northside team. Um, but with that, y'all, if y'all didn't notice, I joke a lot and have fun, but I really want us to, as we get into this time of silence and talk about what silence is, as we've done the last few weeks, if you haven't been here, uh, this age-old practice of really being quiet before the Lord is something we really don't do. It's something my wife and I are doing a lot now is before we get into the Word, before we start talking about what we read, is just to be quiet. Be quiet before the Lord and get into a place of silence. And for some of you, this may be the first time you were silent all week. So I want you to just right now, you can close your eyes, do whatever you need. Just get to a place where you're, you're silent, ready to receive what God may have for you to to the point where you can kind of hear your breathing right now. Just just let your heart settle, get in a place. It's just you and God. And then I'll bring us back.
Again, we'll be in Mark chapter 1, if you would stand with me as we read the Word of God together. Mark chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen. Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 12. Here now the reading of God's Word says, The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Let me read it again. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. And he's with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. The very word of God. Amen. Amen. Today, again, I want to preach on the topic of solitude. Solitude or silence. Silence. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for your goodness, God. I thank you for uh, just your word. I thank you for topics such as silence, something we don't talk about, but is all through your word, and you practice it yourself, Jesus. God, I, I do pray that even now, as I speak, as I say every week, you would hide me behind the cross so that you may be lifted up. Decrease me so that you may increase. Have your way in this place, Father. And let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Get glory in this place, Jesus. And it's in the mighty name of, every, of Jesus that everyone said together, amen. Amen. You can be seated. family, over the past few, past few weeks, I, I've talked about, as a nation and culture, we, we lead some very noisy lives, really noisy lives. And uh, when I say noisy, I'm not just talking about a tangible noise, noise, noise that you could hear. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm not just speaking of sounds. I'm talking about the clamoring of the noises and the voices that are going on within your head and your hearts, as well as the many responsibilities or the felt priorities that we have in our lives that we feel like we have to take care of or do. And if that's not it, we, we got the dopamine hit of the phone in our hand. We can just scroll and keep on going through it and just, and just, just, just go off into whatever's on our phone. And, and hear me, I, I, I know I've been ranting a little bit about social media and stuff in the last few weeks, but the reality is that social media, I got to counsel on all of these social media platforms and things of that nature. It's not necessarily a bad thing. You can get info out. You can meet new people. You can share with what people what you're doing. You can see what other people are doing. The problem occurs is when you're, you're, you're on it every day, every waking moment, as soon as something happens or you get bored or you got a free moment, you pick up your phone. So every few seconds you're just scrolling through and you're not present. That becomes a problem. Because in that moment, it's essentially just creating more noise in your life. It's not doing anything for you. I mean, sadly, y'all remember in the 90s, some of y'all 90s babies, there was this thing called boredom? You remember it, it, it existed at one point in time. I, I mean, back then, there were no cell phones. Uh, there wasn't anything. There was no Wi-Fi. We didn't have that. You, you all remember this? We didn't, we didn't have tablets or none of that. We, we had dial-up internet. 
some of y'all laughing because you remember that dial-up internet where, where you be in the house and you, you're, you got a homework assignment or something and you're on the computer and, and you got the internet going and somebody picks up the phone or a call comes through and it knocks you off and you're like, come on, man. All my stuff is erased. Or, or, or you need to make a call and, and you pick up the phone and all you hear is all this noise just on the phone. Like, what is going on? Just noise. I mean, back then, you, y'all remember car rides, long car rides? Now you got cars with Wi-Fi. We didn't have Wi-Fi in the cars. There was no TV in the car, no DVD player, none of that. Folks, y'all had, you had to, we had to make up games where, where you'd be like, oh, that's my car. And then my, that, that's my car. That's my car. Or you see the VW bug, you'd be like, slug bug, boom, slug bug, slug bug. Or you're, just, you're playing cards, you're doing all of this in the car just to pass the time, the are, are we there yet questions. And the thing I didn't like as a kid, but the one I like now, I love it actually as a parent, is the quiet game. <laughs> you just be like, all right, all right, all right, look, everybody be quiet, be quiet. I, I just, the, I, the first person that talks loses, so I just, I just want it quiet in here. Let's go. One, two, three, go. And I'm like, yeah, five minutes of quiet. Let's go. The quiet game. See, what I'm getting at is that we don't know what to do with boredom anymore. It doesn't really exist. Listen to this. This was a study a couple years ago. It's probably worse now. It says that 77% of young adults, that's most of us in this room, when they're bored, we just pick up our phones. What I'm trying to get at is that we live in a world full of noise, a world full of distractions. And when it comes to spiritual disciplines, especially ones like silence, it's almost non-existent. We don't know how to just be and to sit because for many of us, our getaway is Netflix. Our getaway is social media. Our getaway is a task or something else to occupy our brains with. And that's not really a getaway because if you're occupying your brain with more, you're making it process more, which inevitably leaves you more tired, more overwhelmed, more stressed out, more depressed. But see, here's the real problem with all of this. Here's the real problem. Because of the noise and all the distractions and the lack of silence, listen, words have lost meaning. Y'all missed that. Words have lost meaning. What do I mean by this? We exist in a world, world that's full of words. Words on billboards, words coming out of people's mouths. Words on the internet, words on social media. Everybody wants to have their voice heard, which essentially causes a lack of depth when it comes to actual wisdom. Truth becomes relative because I can make up my own truth. And if, I, if that's not it, I can just type something in on Google and I can find somebody who agrees with me. True wisdom becomes hard to find and it's hard to trust because they're so Many words. There's too much noise. There's not enough wisdom coming out of a place of silence. So today, I got three points today, and we're going to get some tacos. Three, three points, okay? Number one, what is silence? Number two, silence keeps us from sinning. Number three, out of silence comes creation and wisdom. Let me say it again. What is silence? Silence keeps us from sinning. Number three, out of silence comes creation and wisdom. 
As we look at the text last week and this morning, we see that Jesus here, he's recently been baptized, and the text says the Spirit immediately, say that word immediately, immediately. He immediately drives him into the wilderness where he's there not one day or two days, but he's there for 40 days. He's tempted by Satan, and at the same time, he's ministered to by the angels. And as we learned last week, this wilderness, this place of solitude, uh, is actually a place of strength. We don't look at it that way. We don't like being alone because we think it's weak, or we don't like to face what's really going on in our hearts, but it's really a place of strength. Here's Jesus, who's intentionally sent into a place of solitude, not just to be tempted, but to be prepared for the task that's set ahead of, him, ahead of him. Remember, it's in this place of solitude that we come face to face with our real selves and a holy God. And it's in that moment that we have a choice to make. Do we choose God? Do we choose to run to him? Or do we choose what's going on in our hearts, these vices and the things that we choose to run to? Are we going to choose this stuff or are we going to choose God? Who are we going to run to? Who are we going to choose to trust? Is it God or the stuff? See, because while you're sitting in, the, in this mist, in the solitude, this is when the battle really starts to happen. See, it's when you, you really start to see what's really in your heart. Let, let me ask you, how many of you guys practiced what I talked about last week? You just got in a place where you were quiet and you just sat before the Lord. You got some quiet time. Or and any of you didn't do that, maybe you weren't here. Did, did you... Just get a, did you get a quiet moment this last week? Did you just get away where it was just like, man, it's silent in my house right now? now? Now let me ask you, did you notice how hard it was to sit there? Whether it's your kids, your spouse, your job, your to-do list, your phone, your desires, there's something always vying for your time and attention. Something is always calling you away from this place of being with God in solitude and silence. Something, something always is pulling at you. And as we said in week one, a lot of those things, they're not always bad things. They're good things that God gives us. But when good things in our life become the ultimate thing, when we start to worship those things, they're now Idols, because what's happened is that thing or that person has replaced our affections for God in our heart. That's idolatry. We're not worshiping that thing instead of God. Unknowingly, and sometimes those things are good. See, solitude, listen to me, is tough because in order to have solitude or for it to actually be achieved, you've got to have silence. Which causes us to ask the question, what is Silence. When we think of silence, there's two dimensions of silence. There's external and there's internal. Because, listen, noise is both external and internal. External silence is pretty self-explanatory. It's, it's where you turn off your TV. It's, it's turning off your phone. No music, just silence, uh, no noise. It, it, that's external silence. And that, that's, for, that's where the introverts like to dwell. And, and for y'all extroverts, that's kind of hard. You like being around people and all the noise and all the other good stuff. But So external noise is it's a little easier to explain. But internal noise, it's a lot harder to point out. And because of that, what we tend to do is we tend to overlook it. 
And sometimes, if, if not most, we commonly medicate the internal voices or the noise within us by turning up the external noise, which inevitably doesn't fix the issue, but makes it worse. It, it's kind of like you cutting yourself on your arm when you're bleeding out through your leg. That makes no sense. To fix the, the gaping wound, you need to put a, a bandage on it. But instead, you cut yourself in another place. That doesn't make sense. That's the same thing with internal noise and then turning up the external noise. You're not dealing with the problem. You're making it worse. But see, therein lies the problem because many of us, we don't like dealing with what's really going on within us. We don't like dealing with the internal noise. I've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. We don't, when we see that, we run from it. We don't like being in that place of solitude because we see what's really going on in our heart, which causes a chasm now between us and God because we're running away from what's really there. We're not running to God with our issues. We're running away from it because of that. And because of that, hear me, hear me. Our internal noise being so loud, you know what's happening? We can't hear God anymore. All of this mess going on in our hearts and all this stuff and these voices is clouding out the voice of God. We can't hear them. This in turn leaves us wanting more from God all the time. We're never content. And even worse, we begin to listen to everybody under the sun, running to this place, this person, this thing. We know we shouldn't be listening to them. We know we shouldn't be running to this vice. We're running all over the place instead of to God. John Mark Comer, he, he wrote this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. If you've never read it, get it. It'll bless you, I promise. He says this, the noise of the modern world makes us deaf to the voice of God, drowning out the one input we need most. Let me say it again. The noise of the modern world makes us deaf to the voice of God, drowning out the one input we most need. Listen, silence it's cutting off the noise that's both internal in you and that's external. So you're able to get to a place where you can now actually hear what's going on within your own soul. It's learning how to sit still and do nothing so that you can hear from a very practical level your own breathing. Try it with me. Just breathe. No talking, no phones, no TVs, no drinks, just quiet. Let me ask you, what noises or voices are you listening to that are clouding up the voice of who you really need to be hearing? What's that noise for you? For some of us, it's our own voice. We just talk too much true. Just don't stop talking. Some of us is other voices that you're listening to. Some of us, it's vices and things that are in our heart. It's, it's sex. It's, it's alcohol. It's, it's work. You work too much. It's social media. It's politics. It's children. Your anxiety, expectations. What's keeping you from silence? Or what are you running from within you that's, that yet you keep drowning out with more external noise? What is it? Friends, when you look at the Bible, specifically the Gospels, Jesus spent time with people. But he also spent time in silence. 
silences time alone and quiet with yourself and God. Again, you want to get to a place where you can hear your own soul and hear God. It's in silence that we're we're able to see what's buried deep within our hearts, and it begins to come to the surface, which again, this is why we, we avoid this place. We run from it. We don't like dealing with it. But listen, it's actually in that place that we start to experience freedom. Don't miss it. You know why? Because it's in this place that you can now see yourself for who you really are. You can now acknowledge who you really are, and by doing so, you're now breaking some of those chains of the internal noise and the vices that are holding you down. And now watch this. You can go to God and say, God, this is me. This is all of my problems. This is what's in my heart, God. This is me. Take me as I am. And in return, you get to experience the love, the grace, and the mercy of a good father. Amen. That's the gospel, family. Instead, we like running from that place. But when you face it, you give it to God, and then you, you replace that internal noise with spending time in the Scripture, spending time praying. But if we're honest, many of us have never really done that. Especially in a pandemic, everything is level 10 in our lives. We, we, we've been more tired than ever, been, been more worked up than ever before. Some of, some of us, we're, we're outraged, we're overly anxious, we're upset all the time because silence and solitude has not been practiced in our lives. So, so in essence, we're like ticking time bombs. Where somebody, I mean, somebody just walks up to you and just, how you doing? What, what you want from me? What, 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 what? Like, bro, I'm just trying to say hello. I mean, you ever, you ever walked up to somebody or just talked to somebody out of blue and they just snap on you? Just like, what, what, what got, what's wrong with you? I was just trying to say hi. I mean, we just, we just snap off. We just, we're ticking time bombs. Have you ever just slowed down? Maybe you've gotten to that place, you're anxious, whatever it is, and just said, man, why, why, why do I feel this way? Why, why am I so anxious right now? Why, why am I so depressed? Why am I so overwhelmed? Why am I so fearful? What's going on within me? Why am I so mad? And don't, don't hear me saying that you, you can't get to these places sometime or that you should never be angry. The Bible says be angry, don't sin. And so, so even me, I, I've been angry many times, especially in this pandemic with things like racism that have been happening. I, I've been saddened by, by the violence. I mean, I just read this morning about um, some road rage downtown and somebody stabbing somebody in the neck. I'm like, what? Get a text this morning, wake up to it. As I'm studying about a, a pastor that I love and something crazy happening with him, and it just broke my heart. I've been, I've been, I've been overwhelmed with the state of our world, and, and I have constantly had to go back to the scriptures and remember that God is sovereign. And even though all of this stuff is going on, I got to believe that he's still in control. 
But as easy as I can say that, y'all, it's still hard. I mean, I, I shared about it last week that as I'll be sitting in the remote place or even at the lake house where I like to go and I'm, I'm looking out of creation and I see the, the, the birds of the air just, just flying in the wind, really just soaring in the wind, no care in the world. And I'm, I'm looking at them and I'm like, man, look at what God can do. All this creation is beautiful. And I should be resting in this place of solitude. But yet in my heart, I'm like, oh, I need to check my email. I need to see what's going on. And it's in that moment that I'm like, Some, something's off. So, something's off right there. Why can't I just rest? And I would argue that we, together, we, we, we've not made a practice of being silent. Or should I say we really don't know how to do it? So I want to give you some practical things that I like to do in my life. Some of these I've shared with some of you all as you sat with me. I'm your pastor, lead pastor here, but at the end of the day, I ain't a, I'm not perfect. I, I, I'm, I need grace, and I'm not an expert at this, and I'm still working through it myself. But a couple of things I do every day. Um, one thing I do every day is I, I wake up early before my kids get up. And this doesn't mean that it happens every day. My kids get up at different times. But I, I get up in the morning, um, and I spend time in quiet with my Bible and a glass of water before coffee. Some of y'all start off with coffee. My stomach don't work that way. And you can read between the lines. It just messes me up. So I got my water and then the coffee. Um, so I, I, I get into time, this quiet space with God. And I just sit in quiet. And then I read. And I sit there for at least 30 minutes. And I, I usually spend this time praying reading the word. Uh, my wife and I are doing a Bible in a year plan, and we were at least reading at least one psalm a day, two with that. And what I don't do is I don't look at my phone. I, I try not to look at my phone. And we've made a practice of even to the extent of putting our phones in another room to plug them up so we, we're not even tempted. So there's an alarm clock or something to wake us up, but we don't even go to that route, just, just putting that phone away uh, in a place where we, we're not, we don't even see it. And so that, that's, that's every morning for us. We try to wake up and, and get some time, some quiet time with God and start our day off that way. The other thing I, I like to do, which I, I've talked about before, uh, maybe some of you heard this, some of you don't, but on the way home from work, I, I really try to quiet myself in the car, turn off the music. Uh, if I got a phone call to make, it's really to one of my friends and just kind of offloading the day. Um, and by, when I get home in the garage, I, I, I close the garage. The car is not on. It's off. And I'm sitting in the garage in quiet, and I, I'm, I start praying. I just say, God, help me in this moment to take off the pastor, the leader, counselor hat who, that I am outside of the house, and help me put on the dad hat. Help me put on the husband hat. I don't, I'm tired right now, God. I don't, I don't have it. And I, I just sit in that place, and I, I just let the Lord work in my heart. And... My wife knows about this. We, we talk about this. Uh, she gives me this time because when I walk in the house, y'all, she's like, here are your five kids. And uh, it's your turn. Tap in, doc. Tap in. And so I got to be ready. And I got to be ready. And so I'm not just sitting out there doing my thing and she doesn't know because I tap. I'm coming in and I'm with my kids. I'm all in. And she can finish what she needs to do. And then after we lay them down, she gets her time. We get our time. Um, but, but we're working together in that. And so that's something I do before uh, I go into uh, the madness of my, my house with my five kids. Another thing I like to do 
And I, like, I love to work out. I like working out. I like playing basketball. And I love listening to music. Now, I mention these because all of these things, they, they, they help spur my affections for Jesus. All right? when, I, when I work out, when I listen to music and I play basketball, I ain't, I ain't nobody's pastor on that court. <laughs> you about to get these buckets, Tim. That's what's about to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you what we do on the court. That's what's going to happen. And I, I'm not a daddy on the court. Nope. I ain't your daddy. I might talk mess and say something like that, but we, I ain't nobody's daddy on that court. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a brother. I'm not a leader. I just get to be free and zone out and just be. And after I do these things, whether, whether it's playing ball, listening to music, or, 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 or getting to this place where I'm working out, I, I, I come out and I, my, my heart, my soul is a bit more quiet. I, I'm a better man. I'm a better pastor. I'm a better husband, better dad. I let stuff out there and I can walk into these, these places I need to be. What I'm, what I'm really trying to say is that, friends, some of y'all have to do some things to get into a quiet place. And it's going to help you. Some of that will help you get into these spaces. Some, some folks in here, you, you love reading. I love to read. But for me, reading doesn't help me get to a quiet place. It makes, it makes me think more sometimes. So I, I don't want to read to get in a quiet place all the time. But some of you, that's what you need to do. You need to read to get in a quiet place. Some of you just have a hard time focusing, and you need to just pick an object on a wall or a picture, and you need to stare at it. <laughs> it sounds funny, but I'm serious. You just need to zone out, and you just need to focus. So these are a few things that I do, and take them if you like, but... Friends, what I'm really trying to get you to understand is, is, is just to make a practice of being silent and being real about what's going on in your heart with you and God. And some of us, if we're honest, we really, we probably, we're at a space where we need some counseling right now because the noise in our heart is just too loud. And, and I, I can't do this or do that or even get in time with God because my, my, it's, it's just too loud right now. And hear me, counseling is not a bad thing. It's, it's strength in counsel. I, I do it. Uh, pastors on our staff do it. My wife does it. We need counseling. And some of you need to send me an email, send Pastor Steve an email, send some folks on, the, on, on our staff an email and say, can we just sit down? Can we talk? If we can't get it, we got other counselors that we can refer you to to make sure you get into, the, in a, into a clinic and make sure you sit down with somebody. This is a good thing. It's a good thing. Counseling is good. And with all that, I, I, I want to say, be gracious to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. I said it last week. Don't try to be a monk in a monastery if you don't have a five-minute devotion in. I mean, you ain't got five minutes. You can't be a monk, okay? Take your time. Start where you are, not where you want to be. But I imagine with all of that, there's still a question that is lingering in someone's mind. Pastor D, why should I do this? Got two reasons. Number one. Silence keeps you from sinning. Number two, out of silence comes wisdom and creation. Silence keeps you from sinning, and out of silence comes wisdom and creation. A Roman educator Arsenius once, says, once said this. Listen, he said, I always have repented of having spoken, but never having remained silent. Y'all missed that. Let me say it again. I always have repented of having spoken 
but never having remained silent. I love the way the Bible puts it. Proverbs 10, 19. It says, when words are many, transgression is not lacking. <laughs> but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. James 1.19 tells us to be slow to speak. What the Bible and Arsenius are trying to get at is that there's not only a biblical precedence for silence, but silence keeps us from sin. Uh, may, I'll say it a different way. When you talk too much, you end up sinning. You end up getting in trouble. The, the reason being is because what comes out of your mouth is what's in your heart. And from week one, if you remember, your heart is an idol-making factory, which, which means there's all type of mess in there. And it just comes out as you speak, which is why we got to make a practice of being silent and solitude. We, we have to make this a practice. And you got you to gotta think about what you're saying. Evaluate the words that are coming out of your mouth and, and what's going on in your head with your thoughts. Don't just word vomit on people. Some of y'all got that problem. I, I just met you. You tell me your whole life story. I know I'm your pastor and all that stuff, but still, it's like, yo, we, it's, you just, just think about it first. Believe me, I, I'm up here preaching, and I think sometimes y'all look at preachers, and people look at preachers, and they're like, oh, they love talking. And they're, they're just the most extroverted person. I'm really pretty introverted, and I don't really care to be around people that talk a lot. I'm just being honest. I'm just being really honest. And, and I don't know how you grew up. But I was raised to never trust somebody who talks too much and talks too fast. So in return, I, I, I try to be slow to speak as much as possible. Now, this doesn't mean I need, y'all to, I need to clear this up. This doesn't mean if you come into the office with me, and you sit down and, you, and we're in a counseling session and you just talk the whole time. It doesn't mean I don't like you. OK. If, I, if, if you talk too much in there, that's different, okay? That, that's a time where it's a pastoral moment with us and we're meeting together. I'm just trying to let y'all in on how I grew up. I grew up in Gary, Indiana, so this is kind of street smart. You, you, you can't trust people that talk too much. They talk a good game, but they really ain't about nothing. They just talk all the time and they just lying through their teeth. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm digressing a little bit. But, but, but what, I, what I'm really trying to say is that we need to practice Silence, because it keeps you from sinning. It, it keeps you out of trouble. Out of the mouth comes the mess of our hearts. Uh, Jesus says in Matthew 15, 11, he says, it, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. Watch what you say. Amen. Secondly, out of silence comes wisdom and creation. Now, How do I know this? Because I know somebody's asking that. Well, take a ride with me back to Genesis chapter 1. How did God create existence? Genesis 1, verses 1 through 2 says, In the beginning, listen to this, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The earth was without form and void. It was dark. The Spirit was hovering over the water. But here's what we miss. As you picture this, here's what we miss. It was pure silence. It was silent and it was God. God, the Trinity, Godhead is just God in pure solitude. So you got silence and solitude, God all by himself. And out of this place comes verse three. 
God said, let it be light. Let there be light. And there was light. First, there's silence and solitude. And out of this place comes God speaking and creation happens. Y'all missed that. Jesus in our passage right today, he goes into silence and solitude by himself. And in verse 14, right after our passage, Jesus comes out and it says in the passage, verse 14, Jesus came into Galilee, claiming the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. And believe in the gospel. Again, what do we see here? Jesus comes out of silence and solitude and begins his ministry with preaching. Don't miss this again. Acts 9, we're going to keep on going. After Paul, or Saul at the time, has an encounter with God on the road to Damascus, he's persecuting the church of Jesus Christ. He has this encounter with Jesus, and he's blinded on the road to Damascus. Verse 9 says this in Acts chapter 9. And for these three days, he was without sight. And neither ate or drank. What do we see? He was quiet. He's silent. In essence, he was in silence and solitude. Then Ananias comes along, starts pouring into Saul, brings him to the rest of the disciples. And there he is. And he regains his sight. And after all this happens, now Paul, not Saul anymore, name change, the once persecutor of the Christian church, verse 20, is now synagogues preaching Jesus as the son of God. He becomes the best church planner of all time. What do we see here, family? Out of silence comes creation and wisdom. Hear me, silence not only keeps you from sin, but silence out of it comes creation and wisdom. I just want you to think for a moment. What would our world be like if we just sat in silence and solitude a little bit longer with God? What if we sat in that place and didn't just jump to conclusions or, or start acting and doing all these things? I, I, I can see the racism uh, go, going away. I can see racism going away. The murder rate going down. What would our schools look like? What, what, we wouldn't even need a grip outreach for youth, would we? We wouldn't need campus outreach. What would our campuses look like? We need those because we're not doing the work of the ministry. We're not in silence and solitude with God. We're not listening to the voice of God in our hearts, but yet it's clouded with all this noise. What could things be like if we just sat and let God work in the mess of our heart? Just think about what you could do. Paul planted churches. You could plant a church. Think about what you could do. Could your workplace look different? Could your household look different? Could your marriage look different? Friendships? All of that starts in solitude and silence with God. What I want to do to end this sermon today is I want to to bring my, my beautiful wife up here because I want her to just share a bit of what this looks like for her, looks like for her for, as a mom, mom of five, worker in the marketplace, a, past, a speaker, a wife of a pastor, fitness professional, PE teacher, all of these things. I don't know how she does all this stuff, y'all. I, I want to see what silence and solitude looks like in your life, babe, and just share with them and prayerfully because I know we got a lot of new moms in here. We got a lot of women that are asking that question, but also for the men in here, too. I believe you got a word because the reality is, y'all, um, I, well, my wife, she's slow to speak, so when she speaks... I listen because she tends to drop um, weight 
And y'all, that's colloquial for wisdom, okay? She, she, drops, she drops wisdom and nuggets. And so um, I just want to ask you, if you would uh, just share with them, what's a solitude and silence look like in your life a bit? If you would just share, what's that look like in the chaos of our life? Thanks for that intro and pressure. Um, hey, you got to talk about your wife. Come on now. Thanks, babe. Uh, so silence. So we do have five kids, and just life is very busy. So we find that waking up early is what works for us. When we had newborns, it just you just get it in where you can fit it. Get it in where you can get it in. Um, and, but it's just being intentional of finding those moments to do it. Uh, time with God would literally be just plastered mem- like verses around the house and I just glimpse it as I'm nursing or changing a diaper. Um, just always taking the time to be intentional before the Lord. Um, so right now what I do is I wake up in the morning and I try to just, before I get out of the bed, just focus on my breathing. I like Derek was saying earlier. Uh, I, I am a personal trainer, and so I'm all about the pelvic floor. And just so you don't turn me off, men, you have a pelvic floor as well. Uh, and you need to focus on your breathing. And what I find is that, uh, and what I've learned is that, you know, as we get older, we don't breathe from our diaphragm anymore. You look at babies and you just see their little diaphragm going up and down. You don't really see, you see uh, adults breathe from their chest. And so if we really focus on breathing from our diaphragm, we reset our nervous system to go back into the parasynthetic uh, system and so phase. And so that is more of the rest and peace instead of the um, sympathetic, which is the fight and flight and freeze state. And so God has already plugged us. Wow. <laughs> he has designed us in a way that we have to sit in silence. We have to focus on our breathing. And so I just sit there for a moment, focus on my breathing, and just tell God, okay, thank you for giving me another morning. Help me to be sensitive to your leading throughout the day. Um, I put the armor of God on, and that's just in Ephesians 6, and uh, just continually thinking about giving my day back to him. And as you can anyone, everyone's busy and your mind can get scatterbrained and I think of it being clogged by my to-do list. Um, and I just focus on Isaiah 26, three, and it says, you keep him, you keep me in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because I trust in you. So just that continual thing, like, God, I am sorry. I keep, I'm trying to be silent, but my mind keeps going places. Help me come right back, um, right back here. And uh, just throughout the day, as I sit, if I don't get that moment in the morning or if I do, I try to sit in silence, even if it's just a moment. Mm. Look at God's creation. Look at the trees. When they uh, sway in the wind, it just looks like hands clapping, praising God. You see Mm. the lake bowing before the Lord. So just, and people, uh, we are all God's creation to glorify him. Mm. Um, So, yeah. That's what I do for silence. That's good, babe. Talk about uh, kind of the grace in your life. I know this has changed a bit. We have five kids. It's chaotic in our house. It ain't never quiet, y'all. Um, but you, you think about silence and solitude, and there's a pressure sometimes to get it in. But I'd love for you to talk about you know, just the grace in that moment. How do you do that um, to be gracious to yourself and not so hard on yourself when you don't do it? 
And, that, and if I'm honest, that's something that I struggle with. I've always struggled with just wanting to do it well, trying to do it all. And especially as a mom, you're trying to get it all in. And I think God just wants, he just wants the time. And if you think about it, it it's about a relationship with God. And if I think about Derek and our relationship, I sometimes I just want to sit with him. We don't have to talk. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to prove anything. Just be. And it's just that acknowledgement yeah. of you, of your presence. And so God, he is the creator of all things. So me just acknowledging him throughout the day, it doesn't have to be a lengthy, lengthy, uh, lengthy hour in the word or praying, uh, but it's intentionally acknowledging him throughout the day. And as you take those baby steps, it just gets more and more. You want to get more in the work. You find the time to do it, and it changes within your season. So right now, I'm, I'm able to uh, wake up early after I spend that time in silence. Um, I pray for, God's, to give, for God to give me the energy to toil, to toil with all of his energy and um, right now we're reading the Bible in a year, and it's been nice to just do that with him and be able to, uh, to talk about it throughout the day. And right now, I also, I always pick a word to focus on. So if I can't get into the word, I try and pick a word. So right now my word is glory. I happened to go to a conference with some ladies here that was on glory. And uh, it's amazing how God will just bring glory up in my life. Sermons. Mm. Uh, in conversation with others, in songs. And so I've been listening. I'll look up, what's the definition of glory? And it's about honor. Honoring, it has been won by notable achievements. What achievements has God done in your life? And so that's, it just makes my mind just go on and on and then find scriptures that are on uh, glory. Psalms 119 says that the heavens and the earth declare your glory. So how can I see God's glory in the world? Mm, that's good. Isaiah 43 says God created us for his glory. And so how can I use his breath that he has in me for his glory? Mm. And I don't, as a mom and as just a human, it's easy to look at us and think that we have it all together. We don't. And there's days that I totally fail and I don't have that time of silence or I don't have time in the word that's just scheduled. But we are still enough. And God still loves us. Amen. And he sees our heart and he knows our intentions and he sees us striving to please him and to honor him. And um, just one more thing. I Songs right now about glory. I've been listening to some songs on glory. Fred Hammond has glory to glory. It's a lovely song. My Savior, yeah. dominion and power over all things. And... Um, Anna Golden, she has a song that's called A New Sound, and it's just, it talks about how there's glory all around us. Mm-hmm. So even with just that, you just pick a word. You know, that's not in the Bible to do that, but you just pick a word, and it points you back to the scripture. It points you back to God. And, um, and I think, too, with just the seasons, I keep going back to seasons. I'm switched out of a season um, now, but I think when you're starting out and or even when you have young kids you can think of like life just being so mundane and that you can't really do anything and that's such a lie start Mm. small and work your way up to doing something more um with god but first corinthians 10 31 says whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all for his glory and so eating and drinking is not always spectacular you know it's yeah. pretty mundane. 
And so can things in our life be pretty mundane. But if we all say, that's this good. is to you, this is unto you, that's worship. Come on, I told you, just, this is the word. Great, let's go. That's good. Thanks, babe. And so, as she said, just kind of starting slow, starting where you are. I've heard from a few of you all, as I gave you a challenge last week of just reading the Gospel of John, reading a chapter a day, really starting out with the quiet, maybe two minutes. I told you to wake up 15 minutes earlier than you normally do. I'm going to give you the same challenge this week. I heard from a few of y'all. I want to hear from you guys about this. 15 minutes earlier than you normally wake up. All right? I ain't say two hours, 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Spend two minutes getting quiet before the Lord. And then take your Bible and spend time reading through the Gospel of John, chapter a day. And then just send me an email or talk to me about it. I want to hear about what God is doing in your heart in these quiet times. Let's start together. God changing your heart and God working your heart starts in that place of silence and solitude. Amen. Let's commit to it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this word, God. Thank you for just the discipline of being in silence and solitude. Thank you for modeling it for us, Jesus. And God, I do pray that uh, as we as a church enter into a fall season, into a space where we look at this room and we, we filled it up as something we weren't able to do in the last couple of years, God, I pray that we wouldn't just enter into this season and just try to do all these things to get back to normal and this and that and cloud up our schedule and create more noise, but we would start at the place of silence and solitude, bowing before you, knowing that you are the author and the creator of all things. And in the silence of solitude, you will speak to our hearts, way through the mess. And even in the midst of that, you would let us know that we're loved, we're cared for by a holy and a heavenly father. God, I pray for the one that's in here that's saying, I don't know Jesus, my Lord and Savior. They're in the right place, God. I pray right now that you would work in their hearts to bring them to you, that they would confess with their mouth and believe in their hearts that you are Lord and you are Savior. And by that, they're saved. I pray for the one that's coming back and saying, I need to start off right. I need to get back in the place where I'm alone with God and he's working in my heart, God. Your word says that you're just and righteous to forgive as we run back to you. Thank you for being a good, good father sees the depth of our heart but still loves us the same. So God, we give you thanks and it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we all said together, amen, amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 9 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.